Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, what's up? I'm Erica Cruz Guevara, the host of The Bay. Donations keep independent journalism alive and healthy. And you support outstanding journalism when you support KQED. So if you haven't yet, check out donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcasts with an S. From KQED. So tell us who Sam Vogelstein is. He's patient X. Leslie McClurg is a KQED science reporter. So he's the very first kid to try to see if Epidiolex, this marijuana-derived drug, will treat his epilepsy. A kid in Berkeley was the first in the world to try a marijuana-based drug for scientific study to help with his seizures. That drug, cannabidiol, or CBD, has just been approved by the FDA. Today, the remarkable story of what Sam Vogelstein and his family did to get him the drug before it was legal. I'm Devin Kadiyama. Welcome to The Bay. He had struggled with epilepsy since he was four years old. It's called Epilepsy with Myoclonic Epsons. My name is Evelyn Nussenbaum. I am Sam Vogelstein's mother, and I also produce videos for the berkeleyside.com news site. It took a long time to get a diagnosis because, like a lot of people, I thought seizures were only when you fall on the floor and flop like a fish. He would bow and kind of blank out for 5 to 20 seconds. Actually, a lot can happen in 5 to 20 seconds. You know, he cracked his head on a window pane or his he fell face first into his dinner plate. You know, he'd learn a math problem, he'd go through a class, he'd have a seizure, he'd forget the whole thing. So he was struggling in school, he was struggling with epilepsy. It was scary, and I would cry in my shower or I would drive up to the top of Grizzly Peak and sit in my car and scream because I wanted to make sure that... Um, Nobody heard me. Raising Sam was really, really grueling. You know, they went through medication after medication with massive side effects. Head to toe body rash, hallucinations that he had holes in his skin, spiders coming out of him. We put him on one medication and it made him angry, punching kids in his kindergarten class, but mostly things that just didn't work. Sam is a really kind of slight, skinny, shy, sweet, sweet kid is his personality. And at a particularly low point, Sam actually said to me about three years ago, you're going to stop at one point. It's You're going to give up. And I said, you know, not as long as I draw breath, I'm not going to stop trying. So when did things change for the family? When did they come across this idea to even try a marijuana-based drug? It had been in the talk of the epilepsy community for a long time. It's kind of like the dirty little secret. Epilepsy is pretty poorly controlled. Overall, a third of patients don't respond to any medication. So many adults smoke pot. Any neurologist who deals with epileptics will tell you that. There have been little rumblings about CBD isolated from the rest of the cannabis plant since Queen Victoria's time. 
There's even writings about prescriptions that Queen Victoria got for cramps or something like that that were marijuana. So it has been in the consciousness of the epilepsy community for a long time. And I didn't want to put my own kid on it. I wasn't going to have my kid smoke pot or anything because we know or we think we know that THC is not good for the developing brain. She was hesitant to try it. But then in about 2011, Evelyn, Sam's mom, comes across an article It's called Seizure, and it was a small study, and it was on rodents, but it showed that cannabidiol, which is a derivative of the uh, marijuana plant, cannabis, uh, had worked to reduce seizures in these rodents. And a green light just goes off in Evelyn's head of like, oh my God, my child needs this drug. We didn't have dispensaries then. A lot of people ask me, why didn't you just go to the dispensary? There were no dispensaries. And so she joins an underground collective. They're families who have children who have epilepsy. We all put money in and one batch Sam responded really well to and the next batch he didn't respond to at all. And we had it tested and there was no CBD in the second batch. So then I bought um, pot with a scientist friend. And they try to make their own, basically make their own CBD. And so like one of her friends goes and buys marijuana and tries to purify the substance. Uh, Unfortunately, obviously, it smells up the house. It smells up the block. And the friend gets really nervous that, you know, she could get in trouble. This time, this is a Schedule One drug. It's completely illegal at this time on a federal level. We talked about what would happen. What if we get arrested? And I thought, you know what? Arrest me. And I will talk about this, (laughs) about how there was no medicine for my kid and I need it and I have to try this. Her child had epilepsy too. Both our kids responded immediately. And then we ran out. They start looking around, trying to find pharmaceutical companies that may be testing, using CBD to treat anything. Obviously, they can't find anything in the U.S. because this is a Schedule One drug. This is totally illegal. No one's testing it here. So they find a small pharmaceutical company in London called GW Pharmaceuticals. And I went through their entire company list and I just emailed everybody and I called London and I was just some random woman from the United States. Nobody wanted to hear from me. Somehow with a lot of perseverance, she's able to convince the head of this company her child deserves and needs, desperately needs this drug. He says, okay, you can come and do a two-week trial with the drug in London. The funny part about their flight over is the company requires that Sam stop his current medications. Because they wanted a pure scientific trial. So we agreed and we took him off half his meds. So he is having seizures while they're on the plane. I actually threw a blanket over him on the plane because I was worried that they would turn the plane around and send it back because he was having a lot of seizures. And Sam literally is the only patient and the first patient in the country to, to do this? Yes, I can't. I can never remember if he was patient X, X or patient Y. You were patient X. And how long are they there for? Two weeks? Yeah, they're there for two weeks. And how does that go? He's having, you know, 100 seizures, 68 seizures, 20 seizures. By the time they leave, he's not having any seizures. Sam's seizures were reduced by 95%. So instead of losing 20 seconds every three minutes, maybe that would happen um, once a day or twice a day or three times a day. And that's very different. Some of us space out three times a day, you know? You can, life got different. For the first time in his life, he's a normal kid.
how does he then bring this back to the United States, this treatment? How, how do they make it work here? It's a long slog. Hundreds and hundreds of pages of filling out documents trying to persuade the Food and Drug Administration to do what's called a compassionate trial, the compassionate use trial. So they have to prove to the FDA that nothing has worked to this point. And it's at this point, it's this one family who's making the case to the government. Exactly. A doctor at UCSF, uh, a neurologist named Roberta Cilio, she's an Italian immigrant, comes to the U.S. to work at UCSF. Marijuana is not on her radar to treat her patients at all. And so she gets a knock on the door from Sam's family, from Sam and Evelyn. And at first she's like, well, I mean, I need to really treat this patient. And so she also gets involved in the process of convincing the FDA. She simultaneously is doing her own immigration work. She's getting her Schedule II license at this point. So this is to be able to prescribe normal pharmaceutical drugs. And and suddenly she's being asked by this family to help them test what is a Schedule One or a legal drug. So she basically imports the CBD oil from London and gets calls along the way from the New York Port Authority. Oh, my God. Of the, you know, because this is a Schedule One yeah, drug, yeah, right? Yeah. So, so she's getting these calls. She's importing this drug. She's convincing the FDA that this... Now, this is a clinical trial with just one patient. So this is just one right. patient clinical trial, that all of this is okay. She gets a knock on the door one day from the Drug Enforcement Agency. The DEA. The DEA, exactly. Knock on her door, and she says it was kind of like a crime scene. They sit her down. This is an Italian immigrant. What are you doing? Why are you doing it? Why are you importing this illegal drug? What is your drug history? What drugs have you done? The eventual determination is she can continue the trials, but she has to buy like almost a 1,000-pound safe to keep the CBD oil in while she's doing the trials. There is a brisk market for used bank safes, and they gave us very specific um, requirements. It has to be able to withstand, you know, X amount of gunshots, X amount of vibrations, X amount of heat. And so we donated um, a safe. We bought this used market secondary market safe and donated it to UCSF and it was sitting in the chairman of the epilepsy department's office with a potted plant on it and Dr. Chilio would go into his office and get it out of the safe and meet us in the parking lot and hand it to us in a paper bag. So over the years, this drug seems to be working for Sam. Like how, how, do, how would you describe a day now compared to a day in the past? I don't know. It's hard to tell the difference when you don't notice that it's even happening. I think over the phone you mentioned it was kind of like there would just be kind of, were there just like patches in the day that you couldn't remember? Or what was it like? Um, well, I don't really remember. You don't really remember what the days even at all? I think, can I bust in? Yeah, of course. I think what he remembers more is what happened immediately after. Yeah, I mean, do you remember those reactions? Like, what was it like to go to a movie? Um, yeah, felt like there were parts missing. In the um, movie? Yeah. Um, I didn't know what was going on, and I guess if I, when I did have a seizure, it was sort of like every, everything went black. It's miraculous how well it has worked, especially compared to other things. It makes me happy, and I can't believe that a lot of it even happened, but... Um, 
for me, it sort of became a norm, so I don't really feel one way or the other about it. Do you remember some of the side effects of the other medications? Yes. What Unfortunately, were... I do. Got angry. Bug sheets. I hallucinated that my bug sheets came to life and that I had holes in my body. His seizures basically go away. There were times where I thought, even when I was just spacing out, that it was a seizure. I was, I guess I was nervous for a time that it wasn't going to last. Eventually, after a few years, they start to tick back up again, and he's put on one other epilepsy medication. The combination of the two drugs, now he is absolutely free of all seizures. It was hard to really imagine myself um, having no seizures. I mean, I was extremely happy. We celebrated with... um, with Sundays and spraying whipped cream on each other. What happened with the CBD drug? Chilio starts treating other patients with it. Along the way, 162 other children and young adults are enrolled in this clinical trial, and she publishes her research in 2015 in a neurology journal, and about 30% of the patients respond really well. That's about the success rate for most drugs. It, it really isn't a miracle drug. It just, it is a miracle for the people it works for. On June 25th, the FDA approves Epidiolex, the very first marijuana-derived pharmaceutical drug. It's approved for two types of epilepsy, which means that doctors can approve it for those two types and insurance will pay for those two types. One interesting tidbit about this is that he has a type of epilepsy that wasn't FDA approved. So hopefully he can still get the prescription, but it's not clear whether his insurance will cover him. Hmm. Wow. Okay. What's Sam up to these days? Sam is doing really, really well. It's it's quite it's quite phenomenal. He's hopes to get his driver's license. He's about to get his first full time job. He's taking fencing classes. I like the adrenaline. It's just sort of moving. Everything's sort of really fast paced and moving fast, and it's just a lot of fun. He hopes to start competing this fall. He has plans to go to college, even has dreams of being a neurologist someday. Um, I want to be an epilepsy doctor. You want to be an epilepsy doctor? That's pretty amazing. (laughs) Awesome. And to do what? To help other kids like you? Yeah. You can rarely trace a drug all the way back to one patient. Generally, drugs are driven by the pharmaceutical company, they're driven by dollars, they're driven by markets, they're driven by a disease outbreak, whatever it is. This was driven by one kid, one family, really dedicated to helping their kid have a better life. My guess is that to get the whole thing done, like the trips to London, the consultants, all that, my guess is that it came to $150,000. I'm not dying to say that in public, but I also think um, it's important to note that we had a particular combination of factors in our favor. Both of us were reporters. We really wanted to find out about the substance, but we had enough disposable income to make this done. We bought ourselves out of the healthcare system and then back in. Kate 
KQED science reporter Leslie McClurg, along with Evelyn Nussenbaum and her son, Sam Vogelstein. To see pictures of Sam and his mom, you can check out my tweets. I am at Radio Devon. You've been listening to The Bay. We are recorded at KQED Studios in San Francisco, your public media station. If you're looking for more great local stories, then be sure to subscribe to Cued Up. The host, Ryan Levy, brings you his favorite story from each week's radio broadcast. Subscribe to Cued Up, that's Q-E-D Up, wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse, golden state. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support.